Hello and welcome Hello. back. We are back for another one of our fantastic podcasts. We've actually just been sitting here laughing for a few minutes because I said <laughs> something very funny, but we're not going to um, address that right now because it wasn't inappropriate. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we're back for another episode. We're very excited. We've been talking about spring because spring it's has sprung here mm. in North Texas and it's absolutely glorious outside gorgeous today. Gorgeous day. The wisteria is blooming out the window. It's I know. very pretty. I know. My poor old wisteria bush is just sad and it is it, it but it's still every year is just it's hanging in there it, it has been beat up and all kinds of stuff happening to it but i just cities keep, tried to tr drag it away because they the think city it's a pile tried of trash. To drag it away. <laughs> they thought it was bulk trash and they tried to drag it away one year i had to go i have a video of me running out there going no 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 from my ring camera <laughs> but they did they tried to drag it off and I've got all kinds of stuff stuck in it, so it'll grow because you know it's vines, so it'll grow up and around it. Anyway, we're not even talking about that. We're know, supposed right? to be talking about spring and not my beautiful, <laughs> my poor old wisteria bush that's out front. But it does look pretty. It's all this light lavender color that's just mm -hmm. gorgeous. But spring has sprung, and we've got pear trees and red buds and all kinds of beautiful flowers and of course the texas blue bonnets are everywhere right now and it's just gorgeous so we wanted to talk a little bit about spring and just kind of the folklore around spring and all of the different um gosh there's a lot of different like traditions around right. spring that we don't even think about anymore. exactly we just take it for granted but you know where did it come from why is it why is it called easter yeah why is it um, called easter you know, why do yeah. why do we have um rabbits and eggs and all this kind of stuff attached to it right it's um, it's all very <clears throat> where like, does it all come from exactly so we you know we like dr helen said we do definitely take for granted um what it is we're celebrating and what mm -hmm. it is we're doing but it and so i not spring is my favorite time of the year spring and fall are my two favorite times of the year and um when it gets to be spring i just get well i get a spring in my step <laughs> But on chink, yeah, for sure, for sure. So one of the traditions that we're going to talk about uh, a little bit with spring today is we're going to talk about a an, an indigenous uh, folk tale that um, is just it's beautiful and it's sad and there's so and it's also beautiful. Yes, very sad. It, it is, um, but, <laughs> but it's it about, is. It's about kind of the beginning of spring and um, the kind of Robin returning to um, give the, you know, to tell us that spring has arrived. Right. And I don't um, know if y'all have ever noticed this, um, but it's, it's something that when um, my wife and I got together, she is the one who really started pointing this out to me because she was a big bird watcher and got me into bird watching which in turn, we got Helen into bird watching, mm -hmm. Dr. Helen into bird watching. Um, but you don't really see robins a lot, except in spring, mm -hmm. they're everywhere. And sometimes right. my entire front yard would be filled. And I, I mean, I, I don't have a huge front yard. I just have a little regular front yard. But mm -hmm. a lot of the times it'll just be filled with, you know, like 50 robin. Like, where did they all of a sudden come from? Right. And then... You see them a little bit in the summer and a little bit in the fall. You don't see them at all in the winter. Mm -hmm. So the return of the robin to your yeah. area is a big deal. So right. Dr. that's Helen, really kind of the. It's really kind of one of the first um, 
occurrences that says spring has arrived or mm -hmm. spring is about to arrive <clears throat> is when we see those those robins. And this um, particular legend, it's called the Dream Fast. And it was, uh, it's a story that comes from the Ojibwe tribe. Um, so this is their story of how the robin came to be associated with spring. So I'm just going to read the legend as uh, it is written on the, um, the uh, native uh, website that uh, it comes from. Um, <clears throat> the Dream Fast. Long ago, as it still is today, it was the custom for a boy who reached a certain age to go into the forest and wait for a dream. He would build a small lodge and go without food for many days in the hope he would be visited by some animal or spirit of the forest that would take pity on him and give guidance and power. There was a boy named Opichi who reached that age. Opichi's father was very respected in the village, and he was determined that his son would be given a dream of such power that no one else could compare with him. So eager was the father for his son to get power that he insisted the boy go on his dream fast before the last snow left the ground, even though most boys would wait until the time when the ground was warm and the leaves returned to the trees. My son is strong, said the father. He will go now. He will gain greater strength from the cold. Opichi was a boy who always wished to, to please his parents, and so he did as his father said. They went together into the forest, and the father selected a spot on top of a small hill. There Opichi made a small lean-to of saplings, covering it with hemlock boughs. He sat beneath it on the bare ground with a thin piece of deerskin wrapped around his shoulders. I will return each day at dawn, the father said. You will tell me then what you have seen. <clears throat> that night, the north wind, the icy breath of the great bear, blew cold. Opichi's mother was concerned, but the father did not worry. My son is strong, he said. This cold wind will make his vision a better one. When the morning came, he went to the lean-to and shook the poles. My son, he said, tell me what you have seen. Opichi crawled out and looked up at his father. Father, the boy said. A deer came to the lodge and spoke to me. That is good, said the father, but you must continue to fast. Surely a greater vision will come to you. I will continue to watch and wait, Opichi said. Opichi's father left his son and went back to his lodge. That night, a light snow fell. I'm worried about our son, said Opichi's mother. Do not worry, said the father. The snow will only make whatever dream comes to him more powerful. When morning came, the father went into the forest again, climbed the hill and shook the poles, calling his son out. Father, Opichi said as he emerged, shaking from the cold. Last night, a beaver came to me. It taught me a song. That is good, said the father. You are doing well. You will gain even more power if you stay longer. I will watch and wait, said the boy. So it went for four more days. Each morning his father asked Opichi what he had seen. Each time the boy told of his experiences from the night before. Now hawk and wolf, bear and eagle had visited the boy. Each day Opichi looked thinner and weaker but he agreed to stay and wait for an even greater vision to please his father. At last, on the morning of the seventh day, Opichi's mother spoke to her husband. 
Our son has waited long enough in the forest. I will go with you this morning and we will bring him home. Opichi's mother and father went together into the forest. The gentle breath of the fawn, the warm south wind of spring, had blown during the night and all the snow had melted away. As they climbed the hill, they heard a bird song coming from above them. It was a song they had never heard before. It sounded almost like the name of their son, Opichichi, Opichichi. When they reached the lodge, Opichi's father shook the poles. My son, he said, it is time to end your fast. It is time to come home. There was no answer. Opichi's mother and father went down to look into the small uh, lean-to of hemlock boughs and saplings. As they did so, a bird came flying out. It was gray and black with a red chest. Opichichi, Opichichi. So it sang as it perched on a branch above them. Then it spoke. My parents, said the bird, you see me as I am now. The one who was your son is gone. You sent him out too early and asked him to wait for power too long. Now I will now I will return each spring when the gentle breath of the fawn comes to our land. My song will let people know it is the time for a boy to go on his dream fast. But your words must help to remind his parents not to make their sons stay out too long. Then, singing the song which was the name of their son, the robin flew into the forest. That's such a great... That's such a great, uh, it's so great. It's really powerful. It's really um, powerful. And there's so many things that you can learn from that. Mm -hmm. Not just, you know, that, that that's the legend that that particular indigenous um, group of people had for the return of spring and mm -hmm. why the robin was the first bird that they saw, but mm -hmm. just that there's greed is in there. Right, there's there's the idea of honoring one's parents mm -hmm. or one's elders. Mm -hmm. um, there's even that idea of sacrifice. Exactly. Um, and, um, you know, and rebirth. And rebirth, yeah. Um, because he was reborn, he was sacrificed and reborn into a bird that now is the coming of spring. Exactly, exactly. So, but kind of that that same idea of simply in the in the seasons itself of something dying off in winter mm -hmm. and being reborn in spring, you know, their their son himself um, did that. Well, um, and even for the father, you could say that this is showing the father that his son gained his power in a different way. He wanted his son to be so powerful. He wanted his son to be so powerful. Mm -hmm. And he he is now the the moniker of spring. Exactly. Saying, hey, this is my that's my son. That's my, mm -hmm. you know, he's maybe he's powerful in a different way than what the father wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Than what might have been expected. Um, but then he is remembered, you know, the story lasts and um it becomes what everyone centers uh, around and understands as this is when we we need to do this and here's why right you know, we can't uh, you know as you said we can't be greedy to try and do it better or do it faster or do it before sooner. yeah um, you know that there are reasons why we need to do it at this time mm -hmm. than in another time and even though he was receiving a vision every time it wasn't as big or as you know ta-da as 
as the father was expecting. So he kept wanting him to stay longer to get the ta-da mm-hmm. of, of whatever might be uh, coming, um, you know, and just, okay, if you had one, let's have another. Let's right. see if there's, you know, more that to, to come. But it's also a great way to remember that, um, you know, for, for them, it would be, and, and even now it would be very much like we want to get our crops in the ground fast so we can get our crops out of the ground so we can get them out for, mm-hmm. you know, um, to sell before anybody else. We want to get to market before anybody else, mm-hmm. get to market before anybody else. And this is a great um, hallmark of saying, hey, well, you really can't. Right. Because if you put, if you plant such and such now, then you're not going to get, it's not going to grow and it's not, you're not going to get the yield that you want. You may not get the flavor that you want. You may not get the quality that you want. So when you get to market, just because you're the first to market doesn't mean it's anybody's going to buy it. Or you might not even make it to market if you you, might not even make it it too fast. And then we have another cold snap then it might destroy everything that you've planted. And now you've got to re, you know, dig all that up and replant. And now it might be too late. And, you know, and now you're just doing double work and no one wants to do double work. No, no. I don't want to do double work. Exactly. Or lose the whole season or lose the whole. Yeah, for sure. um, So it's, it's, it's that idea of, of uh, also of kind of that perfect timing. There Mm -hmm. is a time and place for everything. Right. Um, you know, kind of, kind of that, that, that saying there is a season to everything. Yeah. Uh, there is a specific season for that. Um, and we must come to that time um, when it's, when it's time. Who sang um, that song? Was it Simon and Garfunkel? Um, Who sang that song? I don't know. We'll have to look it up. I know. We <laughs> 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 started singing that old hippie song. What song is that? <laughs> Playing in my head right now. I feel like yeah. it was Simon and Garfield, but I don't remember who I it was. Know. I don't know. There's someone. There's someone out there listening. He's screaming the name right now. <laughs> I know, right? It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay, we'll look it up. I promise. We'll look it up. Exactly. I'm not gonna look it up right now because I'll get distracted and then I'll start looking at other stuff. Exactly. And then the next this thing is... you know, we won't even be have a podcast exactly. anymore. This will be a podcast about um, <laughs> about me looking 70s, up that song. Seventies songs. <laughs> The hippie new wave or something. <laughs> so let's go back to now talk about what is the spring equinox. Um, it's also uh, called the vernal equinox. The the Greek word for um, spring is vernal, and it um, equinox literally means equal night. So it is the point at which we have twelve hours of day and twelve hours of night. Um, and of course, that happens at specific times of year. The spring equinox being one of those. Um, this marks the beginning of the astrological year as well, because the spring equinox occurs on March the 21st. um, And that is the beginning of the Aries uh, sign um, of the astrological year, which is the, you know, Aries is the first sign in the, in the Zodiac. So who, mm. are there still cultures that go off of the astrological calendar? There are, aren't there? Um, I don't think that there are, are any countries that, that do so officially. Um, but there are still many who connect, um, important things to that time. And of course the Druids, right. um, are, um, still connect to the astrological year. Right. Um, and there, there were cultures in the past, ancient cultures who, used that as their as their calendar uh quote unquote but um but i don't think that there's any that like officially utilize that now um the um the uh lunar new year 
um, would be the one that we might see in China and right. uh, um, Eastern Asian countries, well, if any which of is y'all different out from there, the astrological. And if any of y'all out there know of anybody who still uses the astrological calendar, yeah, as, just make comments then on just our, tell us on, our, on Facebook or social. One <laughs> you of our you social tell us who sings pages. that song too. Uh, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Right in, right in the comments. So, but there, you know, there's, there were a lot of ancient cultures that, uh, that did a lot by the stars as well as the moon. So the, right. you know, they would follow the, the lunar uh, patterns, but also the stars. Um, and of course the Egyptians were, were one of those uh, well, yeah. cultures. And um, it's interesting, you might not know, but the great Sphinx that they, they built actually points in the direction of the rising sun on the day of the spring equinox. So on, on March 21st, when the sun rises, the Sphinx is looking right at it. Um, so, um, and of course this is, uh, the, you know, the Druids, as we've mentioned, uh, were very much connected to the astrological patterns. So, um, it's now currently one of the, um, I think only four times a year where you can actually get to the stones in Stonehenge, where that's for those celebrations for the, the celebrations that happen connected to the, uh, the spring equinox. There's also like. I think in New York and in Chicago, there's two streets that line up perfectly mm -hmm. with the equinox and you can see, and the sun rises, they call right, it, oh, what do they right call it? The... They call it like New York Stonehenge or something like that, or Chicago very Stonehenge. Cool. And it rises right up down the specific boulevard. That's very cool. And I don't know which boulevard it is, but I'll put it in the comments. <laughs> we'll make a post. <laughs> we'll make a post. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we have, you know, there we have two very, different ancient cultures, um, the, the Egyptians and the, the Druids for whom, and, and two very vastly far apart places um, in Egypt and uh, in uh, England, where we have um, structures that are connected to um, the, you know, the, the equinox and, and right. uh, connecting to, you know, how the sun is going to rise um, and point to all of that. So, um, so the Druids are um, will also connect us to kind of the biggest thing that we celebrate now um, across the world uh, during the spring. One of the biggest events is, of course, Easter. Right. Um, and that's celebrated specifically for what I find interesting about how Easter is celebrated is that in the United States, Easter is celebrated as not just a religious holiday, but it's also a um, it's just a holiday. So, right. It, I mean, it, people celebrate it as the beginning of, you celebrate it as the beginning of spring, you celebrate it as however it is that you specifically want to celebrate Easter. Um, but people wrap all of, of spring up into that Easter celebration. Right. But Easter specifically mm -hmm. is a Christian holiday. Right. Um, it, it, of course, is one that celebrates um, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ after his crucifixion. Um, you know, three days later, uh, he rises and um, he, uh, you know, shows himself to to be who he uh, had claimed himself to be, that he is the, the savior. He is, um, you know, different and he's able to come back um, and resurrect. Um, and he did that very specifically. So but what's interesting um, is the idea of resurrection is, is going across to pretty much everything because I was thinking about this on my run this morning is that nature itself 
goes through a resurrection in spring. Right. You can, you can, right. You know, a, we have quote unquote resurrection. Exactly. So everything, exactly. everything is reblooming. Everything yeah. is coming back to, to life and animation after the hibernation or dormancy um, of winter, um, you know, or things, you know, that, that completely die off that right. are simply perennial and completely die off in uh, the winter, it is now the time to plant and, mm -hmm. and reclaim those things. But it's fascinating um, to me that we as a, as a species needed to figure out the, what our natural world was doing around us mm -hmm. by coming up with all of the myth mythology Correct. and folklore that we have for, you know, for these different ideas, for these different ideas of and some death of them, and rebirth and all of that. Some of them ending, end up really kind of blending together, um, you know, where as uh, a culture might, as it moves from ancient or pagan beliefs, it might move into embracing more uh, specifically Christian religious mm -hmm. beliefs. Um, it might um, it might blend in those Christian ideas into what they already had prior to, or the uh, you know specifically Catholicism as it was spreading across uh, the world um, might pull some of those ideas into um, its traditional. Um, celebrations and, and that sort of thing. And we have some very interesting kind of crossovers and connections um, that connect to maybe why it's specifically called Easter um, and um, some other, you know, kind of tales that, um, that connect um, to the, the, um, to the Christian story of Jesus. So um, Part of this connects to, um, comes from the uh, Mesopotamian uh, goddess Ishtar, um, as well as the German goddess Ostra, um, both of whom are goddesses of fertility and the spring harvest and, and those sorts of ideas for their different cultures. So, um, to when, so when we have a name like Ishtar or we have a name like Ostra, um, then that, you know, we can see Easter coming from, from, that, from those sure. names, mm -hmm. uh, but also kind of the time of year that they are connected to. Um, and from the Greek and Roman mythology, um, there are two very specific stories of um characters or heroes or gods um, from these two cultures that um, connect very interestingly to the story that we have of Jesus. For um, the Greeks, the Greek god um, Dionysus, um, he was, um, you know, of course, connected to harvest, most especially grapes for wine. Oh. Um, <clears throat> but his story says that um, during the winter, he basically goes into hibernation. As a god, he goes into hibernation at that time uh, of year. And during the spring, he re reawakens. Um, so he kind of comes back to life. Um, and I like what you have here. How he was returned triumphant. Exactly. Yeah. That's, so that's he's triumphant really, over death. Exactly. And we is, do have we do yeah. have that um, that idea of the triumphal entry um, yep. for for uh, Jesus um, just um, you know a little bit prior to uh, the events of his crucifixion. But probably the very most interesting one is from uh, Roman mythology and the story of. Um, Addis and um, Sybil, 
Um, so Addis is a very interesting person. It is said that he was born of a virgin um, and that, uh, you know, as his life came to an end, he, he was uh, crucified on a pine tree um, and that his followers ate his body after his crucifixion. So what um, I, what's really interesting about that is that it, what I find fascinating about all of these tales for spring um, and the religious aspect of spring, this the holiday specifically uh, of, of Easter, is that as, and it happens pretty much across the board, mm -hmm. is that when you go into an area to colonize it, we'll mm -hmm. say, that you are taking away some... to 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 successfully colonize an area you need to take away their mythology you need to take away mm -hmm. their religion you need to take away their mythology and you need to insert your own right. so you will tailor whatever your own religion is to that area to be able to get those the people in that area to, right, to make begin that transition. to make that transition and so you have all of these different um you have all of these different cultures that are learning about all of these other religions of the people that are conquering them and colonizing them because they're they're taking away their mythology or they're blending the mythologies together. together. And then that's how we get modern religion and modern belief structure that we may think, oh, well, this has always been like that. Well, it hasn't actually been. So then you have all of these different religions and all of these different mythologies coming together and everything gets muddled and you don't really know what is real and what is not real or what you believe or what you don't believe. And so it's really interesting to me. Right. But then you have to think about, and I thought, I do a lot of thinking on my runs mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I have a lot of time to think. But one of the things I was thinking about earlier this week was... <clears throat> All of the different mythologies that we have for spring and the time of year in the Northern Hemisphere, what is it like in the Southern Hemisphere? Because spring in the Northern Hemisphere is fall in the summer, Southern mm -hmm. Hemisphere. So, right. How do you, what kind of mythologies do they have and what time of the year? Like it, it just flip flopped everything for me. And I was like, all right, that's it. I have to stop thinking. <laughs> right. But maybe, but maybe the stories are the same, but they just occur. Maybe they are. Different, you know, it's not March 21st. It's, you know. And I, I've never done any type of research into any mythology like that for the, the seasons in the Southern mm -hmm. hemisphere, but maybe right. some of y'all have, and you'll let us know, put right. it in the comments. But it might be very interesting to, to explore that. The other idea is that sometimes these stories might not have, have been a blending of or a usurping, but it might be a story that similarly already existed in that culture. And um, then there is a story that's similar in this culture. And once they react, they find that common, mm -hmm. common ground. Um, and then that makes you think, okay, well, we might have called him this and y'all might have called him that, but then does that mean that he's really, that it really was? And we're talking about the same thing. For instance, there's a lot of cultures that have um, flood stories where mm -hmm. the entire world is destroyed by flood. And these stories existed before in each of these cultures before some of these cultures encountered one another. So how can they come up with a story 
of a great flood that destroyed the entire world if they didn't hear it for a minute, unless it really happened. Unless it really happened. And a, a lot of archaeologists are putting that all of that mythology with um, the global climate change that happened when when the last ice age receded. Right. Because sea levels rose so high. Um, and that and that was a lot of where that mythology came from. Correct. So also connected to um, these uh, stories, connected to Easter, is, of course, the idea of eggs and rabbits. Um, and the Easter eggs and bunny. rabbits. Eggs and rabbits. So, <laughs> Like, why in the world do we celebrate <laughs> Easter with eggs and rabbits? Where the heck did that come where, from? Where did they come from? So for eggs, they, they were very important to ancient cultures. Uh, they represented birth and growth, and most especially for the Druids. And it was said that they would bury eggs out in the fields um, just before planting in order to kind of try to almost as a prayer for abundant harvests and, and abundant crops. Well, and so, you have to think about eggs as um, I mean, eggs are obviously a sign of fertility because, I mean, we have eggs. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah. That's, and that's, it's going to be one of the most nutritious know. things on the planet and have all of everything that you possibly need into it because it is life. An egg is life. Exactly. So you're giving life to things, which is Correct. interesting. Correct. Yeah. And they're used and, you know, oh, to, I to think take I another. An epiphany. I know. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you know, there, there's, um, there's healing that happens. Uh, there's a lot of different healing uh, rituals that might happen with eggs. And that's, you know, that also kind of comes to the idea of, you know, connecting it and transitioning over to the idea and possibilities of, you know, kind of resurrection and, mm -hmm. and rebirth in that way. Um, if, you know, the death or the injury um, is healed through the, the egg. Um, so we've got it on a, on a lot of levels there, but we have the Easter bunny that brings the eggs to us. And why specifically the Easter bunny? Yep. And um, why is it an Easter bunny? Why is it an Easter bunny? Right. But um, it's not, it's just a, it's just a rabbit. It's just a rabbit. Um, we've and, named it the Easter bunny. Exactly. We've named it the Easter bunny, but it's, Who doesn't uh, like but it's a good Easter bunny. Right. And of course, rabbits are going to be, you know, an animal that's, that's going to come out of um, some hibernation over the winter time. Um, so in some areas and um, they're very fertile but also it's really mainly based on that idea of the fertility it's mm -hmm. really um because rabbits are rabbits um. they do what they do and i'm going to tell you something right now i'm going to tell you something right now as a female person I do not feel any more fertile in the spring than I do in the fall. No, but yeah. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> but, you know, we, we all, you know, there, that's when it's connected. That's um, when it's connected. Um, um, because there are so many um, other um, animals in nature for whom that is the kind of. Right. And, and, you know, as I mean, so, you can think about, I mean, it, it obviously a lot of birth happens in the springtime. So right. like we have at White Rock, we've got the eagles that are sitting mm -hmm. out there and we're like, if they don't have, if they don't have an egg right quick, then we're not going to have an egg at all this year because right. it's spring. Right. So there's a, a lot right. of animals have the their babies. Yeah. Um, and if it's not going to happen right now, then we're going right. to have to wait a whole nother year. 
Now, not all animals are like that, but a lot exactly, of animals are yes, like that. The, yeah, there are a lot of animals um, in nature that, that do have that. And and so really for the, the rabbit, um, it truly is that idea of fertility and that um, the abundance that comes with spring coming out of winter, we want to look for that abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it's... Uh, everybody just landed on rabbit. Um, now there are some, <laughs> there are some cultures. Everyone landed on rabbit. Exactly. That that's, that's the representative. <laughs> there are a lot of them and they, they, they multiply very quickly. I did see a um, lot of rabbits on my run this morning. Right. So, yeah, I mean, they're just, sure. they're just everywhere. Um, um, and of course there are some, uh, cultures, um, for, for whom it is specifically a hare rather than a, than a rabbit. So Which are two hares, different, yeah, it's a two different um, things. Hares are what uh, is native to their regional location. I do um, find it interesting that there are cultures that it, instead of a hare or a rabbit or anything, it's a cuckoo bird. Correct. Specifically that particular type. And for cuckoo birds, there's a lot of different types of cuckoo birds. So mm-hmm. like for Texas, we do have the roadrunner mm-hmm. is a part of that family of right. birds, the cuckoo birds. So mm-hmm. But, you know, there's not roadrunners everywhere. So, but there right. are other cuckoo birds. Other types of cuckoo. Yeah, that, yes. that are in different other other places, which I found really interesting in foxes too. Yes. Um, and so it's kind of those animals that we begin to see quite a lot of, like the the robin for the ajiba. Um, so, you know, the... They, that's kind of specifically what they keyed on, in on, um, the, the, one of the first bird calls that they would hear, um, as the, uh, as the snow was melting and the, mm-hmm. um, spring was, uh, coming back. Um, and for, for many areas, it is a bird like the cuckoo that they might hear first. That might be the first call, uh, that they begin to hear with the birds of spring. Um, but the, for the cuckoo, um, in folklore, it's um, many cultures believe that their call is supposed to attract wealth, um, especially if, as you hear the call of the cuckoo, you have coins and you turn them like you just have your hand in your pocket. You've got some coins laying in the bottom of your pocket. If you hear a cuckoo call, make sure that you start turning those coins in your pocket because that's the call is going to attract wealth, but turning the coins in your hand as it happens, even more wealth. How interesting. Yes, absolutely. Also, it is interesting to note that April 28th is called Cuckoo Day. Okay. All right. So let's just, and this is let, already a very important day. This is a very important is day. A very important day already. It's a very important day because it's my birthday. It's it's Becca's birthday, <laughs> and I think that it's very appropriate that it's Cuckoo Day. It is. <laughs> I am a little cuckoo. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. No, but it's true. I am a little. Cr- I'm a little cray cray. But <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. But if you hear the cuckoo call on April 28th, my birthday, you are going to be even richer. So what I guess is best case scenario is on April 28th, you need to listen for the cuckoo. You need to have some coins in your pocket. So that not only is it April 28th, which is the best day to become rich on the cuckoo call, but if you've got coins in your pocket and you're turning them on the 28th, when you hear the cuckoo call, that's like massive. That's, that's like massive. That's That's it, man. Luckiest 
thing that you could have. So on my birthday have. this year, I'm going to be hiking the um, in the Guadalupe Mountains National Park. So I'm going to be hiking the peak trail, which goes to the top, top of Texas, goes it goes to the highest point in Texas. And there's they've got roadrunners there, which is a cuckoo bird. Yes. And I'm going to be putting some coins in my pocket. You need to make sure you keep coins in your pocket at all times. At all times. Because if I hear me hear a roadrunner or I'm, I got to start turning, those, I got to be spinning. Coins. Man, I'm going to tell you, because <laughs> we're getting close to retirement age up in here. <laughs> We need to make sure we have stockpile that. We got a stockpile. (laughs) (laughs) There are just a few more um, traditions from around the world that are connected to cuckoos um, and the, and the call of the cuckoo um, in springtime. So, so let's, uh, let's read those to you real quick. In Scotland, they believe it is bad luck to hear the cuckoo call before breakfast. So just put some like cotton in your ears or something like that. So you don't hear it. Canceling headphones on. Yes before you eat breakfast so that you don't hear that um, and get some bad luck. In Germany, it is believed that hearing the cuckoo call during a meal will signify a year of hunger to come. So again, with the noise canceling exactly, headphones or exactly. putting cotton balls Everybody in your ears. Everybody needs to be talking really loud at the table. Yeah. We need to have some music on in the background. So you so don't hear you it. you cannot hear that or it's going to signify a year of hunger. In Denmark, um, and this is going to connect to that idea of, um, you know, uh, abundance and fertility and all that sort of thing, I guess. Um, But in Denmark, when a woman hears the first call of the cuckoo in spring, she immediately will ask the bird, when will I marry? Each return call she then hears after she has asked that question of the cuckoo, each return call will signify a year. So if she hears the bird, and she says, when will I marry? And she hears another call, just one right after that, then she's going to get married in a year. So as soon as you hear the bird call back to you, put you your noise canceling. Get out of there. You get out of town. <laughs> so you don't hit just run Seven away. Get ten, away. Ten more as calls. Far away as you can. Unless you don't want to get married, then don't <laughs> ask. Then just don't ask. Yeah. Um, and finally, um, in Norway, if the cuckoo calls from the West, it will grant your wishes. But... If it calls from the north, then that is called, quote, the death cuckoo. Oh. Yeah. So you want to you be careful of your surroundings. Exactly. Um, exactly. And where you're hearing stuff coming from there. Um, so I think that that's, uh, that's very interesting. Um, the last thing that we want to talk about today is a, um, the Hindu festival called Holi. I love um, this. And it's also referred to as the festival of spring, the festival of colors, or the festival of love. And it's a very positive, uplifting, celebratory, celebratory, you know what I'm trying to say. Celebratory. Yeah. Um, celebratory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to celebratory is my new word. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's uh, a very... A joyous festival that happens in in the spring, and it usually um, is sometime in uh, mid March. It's a two day celebration 
Um, on the first day of the celebration, they have a bonfire that night, huge bonfire, and there's lots of singing and dancing. Um, it's a time that everyone's kind of coming out of their homes after the winter, um, and they want to reconnect with family and friends. Um, it's all about those ideas of renewal and rebirth. We've got um, you know all the spring flowers coming into bloom, and and um, they want to um, both reconnect with family and friends, but they also want to celebrate and ask for a good spring and a good harvest and good crops and, and all that sort of thing. Um, it's also a time um, to mend friendships and to um, you know, ask for and to give forgiveness, um, you know, to strengthen um, those bonds that we have with family and friends. Um, but on the second day of the celebration, so we have the, the first day where we have the bonfire at night, and then uh, the next day, um, again, singing and dancing all day long. Everyone is just out in the streets and just joyous and um, celebrating. And one of the things that happens um, that gives it the name, the Festival of Colors, is that they um, have created um, these um, colorful pigments, and usually they're plant-based um, from, um, you know, herbs and plants to create different really bright, vibrant colors, um, you know, like turmeric to, to create a bright orange or uh, and different things like that. And part of the celebration that happens on that on that second day is that the pigments are taken and everyone just starts throwing big handfuls of pigments all at all at each other. And I know until, that you'll have seen this exactly, a lot of a lot right. of cities will do like a like a, a spring color run where exactly to where like at the at, yeah, at the, the end. end it, yeah. um, and it and it kind of comes from this um, festival of colors from the from the Hindu religion, um, and it's all about and you know and at the end I mean everyone is just from a head to toe covered with all sorts of different um, bright colorful um, pigments. Sometimes they are mixed with water, so it's sprayed out rather than people throwing the dry pigments. But but more often than not, we see these dry pigments that are that are thrown around um, and. Um, it's just, and so you become like then a part of all the colorful spring. You've got all those colors on you and kind of, I know, love that kind of suffused <clears throat> into, um, and it's all just happiness and joy and celebration. I love that. So I love that. That's the, that's the, um, the festival that is called Holi. I wonder if we have that. We have a large Hindu, um, population in, in the, Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. I bet you they do a celebration. Probably so. This um, this uh, this year it was on I believe March seventeenth and eighteenth was yeah. when uh, when it happened, um, and I think it's connected to like the first full moon after the I I, I can't remember, um, but it's connected to a specific How time fun. of year that they that, that just they seems so fantastic. When, when, the specific two days is that they need to celebrate this. That just seems so fantastic. I know. I, love I really that. like that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I do. I love it. So there so, you go. Spring. So there you go. Spring has sprung. Spring has sprung. It is official. One of the interesting things that we were looking at in our research was like, if you want to go back to the egg was that we were taught where in the world did people come up with painting eggs? Mm -hmm. Like how did that even become a thing? And some sources say that uh, it was German immigrants that started painting 
the the eggs and coloring the eggs and they would um, make a nest and for this for the creature that they had that would come the hair that mm-hmm. uh, egg laying hair right that would come and they would make a little nest and it would lay these colorful eggs and i know that that tradition in for in germany specifically then went to these ornate beautiful right. gorgeous eggs that they would mm-hmm. give each other as a as a holiday present. right right and then some of course we we transition into the jeweled eggs and the, right you know and and that sort of thing where all they, of those they, super fanciness exactly for exactly. sure for sure but the idea of painting it comes from that uh that greek uh, tra- uh the german tradition mm-hmm. what is uh o- oyster oyster house uh-huh Oyster Esther Haas? Esther Haas? Esther Haas. Because it's O-E. So I think that would be Esther Yes, for sure. I don't know. You know. German pronunciation. <laughs> German pronunciation is, is very difficult. different for me. It's very difficult for me. I only took one, uh, one semester of German. Did you take German? I took, I, I took Spanish when I was in uh, junior high. I took two years of French when I was in high school. And then I took one semester of German in college. My goodness gracious. I, You're super fancy. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, I can't even. Well, I hope that y'all are enjoying your spring. I am thoroughly enjoying spring and it have been enjoying the weather. Day. It is a beautiful day. And luckily it has worked out to where all the rain is happening during the week. And the weekends are beautiful for now. Knock on wood. Okay. I'm not- knock, on, knock on wood. <laughs> We are knocking on the wood. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be how it works out for the rest of spring. But I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be how it works called. out. It was really interesting that we did find out some very um, interesting kind of uh, superstitions for Appalachia that ha- went around, uh, that came around spring, yes. especially with the first rains of May and make sure to wash your face in the first dew and all of mm-hmm. that stuff, which I found really interesting. Absolutely. So again, it's all of that, that, freshness that newness it's exactly. all new and you want to take anything from you don't want to take anything from winter to carry over into we right need to have it all new exactly that's an interesting way to think about it you don't want anything from winter to carry over that's what that's also why we have the idea of spring cleaning ah. you know, you're not even you're, you're going to renew your environment you're going to renew right. yourself but you also want to renew you know your home you want to get all the dust and all of the everything right because you can open everything up. back you up can open it back up you can light an air back in mm-hmm. you can get all the dust that's built up over winter get it all out and fresh and bright and clean and new and lovely and lovely, lovely. and i wonder if that's when um the weird Europeans from like the 16th century would take their baths because they did that once a year bath thing, which is gross um, and disgusting and gross. But would they, I wonder if they would only take their baths in the spring. I don't know. know. We'll have to look that up. I can't look it up right now because I can't do that many things at once because that would be too distracting. And then I would end up on TikTok or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Cause you know, All paths lead to TikTok. (laughs) No matter what I'm doing, in about 10 minutes, I'll be on TikTok. I got to look at the TikTok. Have you seen the cute dog? (laughs) Always. Always. Or the cat ones. Or the cat. Yes. Oh, my gosh. 
All right. Well, I am thoroughly enjoying spring and it's beautiful outside and we have a very nice back porch and I'm ready to go sit out on the back porch. Yes. So we are going to say goodbye and thank you so much for listening. And, and I hope that you are enjoying our podcast as much as we are enjoying making it. Thank you. And so I guess uh, until next time, there you go. Bye. Bye.